What did you do recently that you've never, ever, ever done before? I ran an RPG session. You baby's, were a GM. Baby's first DM experience. <laughs> <laughs> so how did Baby do? It's a podcast with one live human and two pre-recorded humans. What? (laughs) That's right. My soundboard app is working again. I'm just pushing buttons with sound clips of Craig and our guest. So, Craig, what do you think of the blah, 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 blah? And then it's just a recording of me. Yeah. This is yeah. Craig, and I'm actually speaking to Mike live as we record this. I'm not a, I'm not a pre-recorded. I'm an AI. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am pre-recorded. I just completely <laughs> anticipated everything we talk about for the soundboard. He says he, he's, he, says he, uh, he anticipates everything, but actually what he does is he sends us like, 700 audio files and we have to go through and cobble an episode together from all the best responses it's it's either that or i go out and buy 30 ipads and rig them all up like the matrix (laughs) you know all the screens could you approximate a uh uh a a podcast host with a voice synthesizer by just like you know how they do the whole you know teaching a learning learning computer just like have a computer listen to a million hours of podcasts, probably, and see if it could create an interesting podcast ho- host and not have it sound like a really, really bad Ed McMahon yes man kind of <laughs> podcast host. <laughs> Great insight. <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> Good one. Well, let me give you my two cents. Cha ching. <laughs> Let's unpack that. <laughs> oh, now I'm out. <laughs> oh boy. Let's uh, anyway. let's introduce that that AI guest that we have today. <laughs> it's Josh. AI Josh. How's it going? Hello. It is a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Everybody does sound kind of computerized today to me, because uh, you guys are at home. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Craig yeah, has yeah. Craig has a thing, and and uh, Josh is. I think you are our local Atlanta guest who drives further than anyone else to come here sounds, in person. Sounds about right. Though, though today when Craig offered the option, it was like. I'm gonna have to head for for a game on uh, a different side of town, like shortly after the recording. So, like, it would be helpful to do it from home yeah. this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've had times where I've been like at a convention on the weekend when we would record. So we we typically like double up the weekend before. But I've called in from conventions before, and I have like a a thing going on where I can actually call in in the midst of all the things that are going on. So we didn't have to pre. Yep. We didn't, we didn't have to double up uh, last week. Fun fact. I think, I think the, the guest who drives the furthest when he is here in person is Kurt. Is it, is it not? 
Oh, that sounds right. He drives father farther than your father. Drives farther <laughs> or, than your father. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who else do we have that has driven a long way? I think that's it. Because uh, well, Dr. Lori, Lori flies. Lori. Yeah, but she's still from farther away. Yeah. Right. She's she's from far away when she shows up. Although although she is Dr. Lori is on the schedule for becoming a regular guest. She is going to be Oh, did uh, she finally email you back? She finally got back in touch <laughs> with me and I've got her on the schedule for uh, uh next month. I was so. gonna say I haven't been able to get her on the phone, but I'm so I, I should tonight because today is, I, is one of her children's birthdays i've been trying to schedule her and i was i bugged micah like a week ago i was like do i have the email right did i goof the email is mm-hmm. this going to no one because she wasn't responding and i was like, so then i sent her an email to that email saying hey is this the right email for you or should i be sending it to your work email or what's going on and i never heard anything back she just but contacted she did you directly yeah we're good we're good so Poor, poor communication there on the part. I'll whip of the... her into shape. I'll make sure she. She'll, by the time uh, after like two more rounds of scheduling with her, she'll be as prompt and immediate and um, and decisive as Josh is with his scheduling. Because Josh is usually like, bam, right back at me. I'll do this weekend. She's Gen X though. She doesn't have an excuse to not know, not understand how the the electronic mail works. Yeah, you know, like our parents. But she's also, uh, <laughs> she's all, she also has a, a husband and a job and kids and her own personal interests. And like, she's got a much busier life than me. So I tend to judge more harshly than I probably should. Anyway, Josh, <laughs> welcome aboard. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. <clears throat> oh boy. Anything interesting to, or we're going to get into some personal stuff. Josh, Josh, uh, enjoyed a first in his life recently we'll get to that it's a gaming thing but uh anything else interesting for you to to share with us a bit of a, a small video game related news item that i discovered like literally minutes before we started recording oh well do we want to go to news we can we could do that what's news josh uh, so, uh, I don't know if either of you played the original Half-Life, um, but, but several years ago, uh, some modders made, like, a Half-Life 2 mod that was just a recreation of the first Half-Life game, just, you know, with the better graphics of the newer engine, uh, and eventually Valve was just like, hey, you can make this as a commercial, like, product remake. Uh, and so they had worked on it, and then it kind of disappeared for a while. And apparently version 1.0 just came out a couple of days ago. Uh, it's it's called Black Mesa, and it's just a fancy recreation of the original Half-Life. Oh my god, are we getting into nostalgia pieces for, for video games now? Like, oh, I mean, we've been there well, for, for a bit. To, to an extent, but there's always like... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, like, there's video games that, like, I wouldn't call Mario, you know, Super Mario Brothers, any of that stuff, like, nostalgia, because that's just a constant reiteration, like, they've oh, been, for sure, for Mario's sure. been around forever, but, like, a game that was, <clears throat> excuse me, but, like, a game that's been, you know, that was there, had its day, kind of is done and gone, and then comes back a generation later, um, you know, video games tend to hang around a lot more like that because they have series and just you know, new variations of things. Um, whereas, you know, TVs and TV shows and movies tend to get like, oh, well, it's time to reboot the thing. Um, so I think, yeah, video games, it's about time. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see plenty of that coming. 
that that that's fair yeah and then it's also good timing because uh valve's got a half-life vr thing i don't know a ton of the details called half-life alex uh about the the secondary character from from half-life 2 so yeah i mean i think like i guess my my best example of the nostalgia bit is like you know the little nes or and and the super nes thing where you get like here's the little oh for sure you you buy the thing that's got like 30 games on it and it's exactly those games just in a little handheld device rather than a big box and a bunch of in a bunch of cartridges a while back i got an uh, an app on the iphone that was all of the old atari 2600 games I could play it on the actual Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Well, that's true. If I could figure out how to hook it up to my to my new fancy TV, actually, I'm sure there's there's a cable jack back there somewhere, so I I could. <laughs> like, oh my god, this resolution is horrible. <laughs> Worst case, there'd yeah. be a couple of layers of converters involved. Yeah, that would be. You know what? That would be like that. That would be insulting to my my <laughs> my really nice smart TV, the big wide thing with the super. You know super super high resolution well it's not i'm not it's not high def or anything but it's you know like you know, I'm, I'm gonna play adventure with that giant little you know like here's a square i'm a square i'm gonna fire up pong if i fired one of those <laughs> games up on there my tv might actually say no i'm sorry but no we're just not gonna do this <laughs> i'm sorry i'm too advanced for this shutting down now <laughs> Oh. oh, hey, speaking of revivals, oh, yeah. <laughs> Kids in the Hall is coming back on Amazon. I can close that window. I <laughs> saw that. <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen the, the jokes flying around, you know, 30 Helens agree the Kids in the Hall is coming back. <laughs> After 30 years, yeah. yeah. Tell all the Daves you know. <laughs> That's my favorite. Somebody threw that up there. I'm going to tell all the Daves I know. That's what that's one of my favorite songs from that. That was like that was like the I think that was the first sketch I saw of Kids in the Hall. That was oh, the very the first thing I saw was for all you know, the days I know. Yeah. Yeah, one like one of my friends in high school was was like you got to check out this show. It's awesome. Uh from the sounds of it, yeah, they're going to do it's going to be uh I'm sure there'll be some new stuff in there, but they're certainly going to be reprising some of the the classic stuff do like doing a new they're not i don't think they're going to necessarily redo the bits but they're going to do like a new bit of the head squishing guy and a new bit with buddy cole and sure get some mood music here cabbage head (laughs) yeah uh kids if you haven't seen kids in the hall uh you want to check this out yeah i'll be curious to see how it turns out has like with some of those sketch comedy groups like Various combinations of them continued working together for years afterward. Afterwards, but I don't think the kids in the hall have to to much of a degree. They did. Like they, they they had, had a, a lot. They did a movie that didn't turn out too well, and then they did what like two reunion tours. I, I think that's true. They've done some reunion tours, and they've done the thing where like one of them guest stars on a show that the other one is on. Sure, you know, they've had like the little what they call you know, like it's a mini reunion or whatever yeah but for the most part they kind of scattered and didn't have like years of continuing to work together in smaller groups like some of those other old sketch comedy shows do as like the state guys cross-pollinate all the time it'll be interesting to see what they do for the drag stuff too um because they they you know, the members 
dressed up as women on regular occasions. And so like, you know, when, when they were young, they like, they could wear, you could wear, you know, like Dave, uh, Dave Foley would wear a skirt and he'd have his legs shaved and right. like, he looks pretty good. You know, yeah. he doesn't look bad. <laughs> yeah. But they were usually dressing up as, as, as right. middle-aged and elderly women going. though. So that's where I'm going. <laughs> now less makeup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just did makeup and, you know, and put a wig on, but now they're going to be like, okay, well now they're older and you know, they've got wrinkles and all this kind of stuff. So they're, they'll, they'll fit that role better. They'll be like, it'll be easier to just like throw a wig on them and they, they look like they're in their forties or fifties. But then like when one of them has to play the, <laughs> the young characters, Maybe they just know. won't do young hair. Maybe they won't. But they did it. They did. They do. You know, they used to do drag quite a bit. So I'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. We're going to see the chicken lady. No, <laughs> no for sure. All, all, all grown up. 30, 30 year old chicken lady. Jeez, that's an old chicken. Still having uncontrollable orgasms. She wasn't looking good when she was on the show initially. She was. <laughs> yeah. Dave Foley is probably the one everybody knows best from other things. He was on news radio for years. Yeah. Before Phil Hartman's bitch wife killed him. Okay. Well, and I mean, the show continued after that too. For one John season. <laughs> <laughs> and then it got Not like... and then it went away. Yeah. Um and then Mark McKinney was on Saturday Night Live for a long time. And um Kevin McDonald popped up here and there. He was Pastor Dave on that seventies show. I think Kevin McDonald is one of those ones. I think I've probably seen him show up as guest stars on stuff more, more than often any, than anybody more else. More than any of the others. He's, yeah. he's been all over the place. But he, his, he just his... never necessarily had like one ongoing role right. in anything. Yeah, but, yeah. He, but he'd pop up all the time. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. When we want a guy that's going to talk like this. Scott Thompson know. and Bruce McCullough, though, I, I don't think I've actually seen them in anything since Kids in the Hall. That, not that I can think of. Um, Bruce McCullough shows up all the time in credits because he directs. He's been directing episodes of Shit's Creek, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. Another Canadian show. Scott Thompson. What's Scott Thompson been up to? I looked it up once before. Are you looking it up now? I am. Then I'll let you do it. <laughs> um, he was on Hannibal? <laughs> Recurring character over the course of three years. Wow. On Hannibal. He's been okay. doing stuff, just not stuff I've been watching. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he was on Hannibal. Okay. Well, there you go. That's one of them. That's one of the ones that jumped out at me. Uh, Star Trek uh, Voyager. <laughs> yeah. Guest spots on all sorts of stuff. Like he popped up. He's been on the Simpsons a few times. Larry Sanders show for several years. I've never watched that. I need I need to go back and watch that. He was in Reno nine one one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's just the filmography. I'm wondering if he's he's done a one man show as as uh, as Buddy Cole. That one I knew about because he was on some podcast I listened to talking about it at one point. Oh, and he spent some time, you know, fighting Hodgkins. <laughs> so that'll that'll take you out of the that that'll take one Ouch. out of circulation yep. for a little while. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh... He is now cancer-free, so yeah, excellent. 11 anyway, years well, ago. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Again, nostalgia. We're, we're rolling down uh, memory lane. Yeah. What else is news, Craig? Oh, boy. Well, you killed one of my news items. Yep. But <laughs> um, are you familiar with Boston Pizza? It's no, not, I actually don't know what Boston Pizza is. It's not based out of Boston. It's just called Bo Boston Pizza. It's a type of pizza. It's not Boston. It's actually Boston because it's based out of Canada. Um, oh, boy. 
but Wait it's a uh, it's a it's a a pizza chain and oh, it's uh, a they chain. De- okay they deliver um and and do carry out and stuff and so therefore they have pizza that they put in the box and they close the lid and what goes inside the box with the pizza there's what uh for in theirs or in any in delivery every pizza. single pizza the you little, get in a box it's the little uh, three three or four footed uh, white plastic circle thing that prevents the lid from coming down on the cheese right that looks like a little ufo a, little a stool table. Yeah, a table. table stool or a little table well boston pizza decided as a as a promotional gimmick for a little while at some of their locations they're going to go ahead and furnish uh, the inside of their pizza box by in providing the little table and they're making it in what they refer to as a pizza patio. They're, they're furnishing inside <laughs> two, their pizza two box. Little, two little plastic chairs to go with your little <laughs> table. <laughs> um, and they look like, you know, like they're, they're white plastic, the same kind. They look exactly like the little, the little table thing and they're, they're, they're the right size and scale for it and everything. Um, but they look like, you know, you've all seen these like the green plastic molded form um yeah um, yeah absolutely patio, like like cheap patio chair sure the, um, the yeah, stackable but, kind yeah yeah this that, that's yeah stackable but but that in in the same kind of white mm-hmm. at the little table so yeah they at least for a while they had uh the pizza patio <laughs> gee uh we, we we just had it it just happened but um that maybe they could do it next year during mardi gras they could have a little plastic baby jesus sitting on one of the chairs maybe and then they can they can dye the cheese uh purple green and and gold and the plastic is food safe and uh um yeah you can i mean and you if you if you get multiple uh pizzas of course you'll get more and more chairs so you can you know, <laughs> your you could potentially we, i i got to go looking around to see if there's a viral something or other that hasn't made its way to me or somebody took a photo of like you know we ordered eight boston pizza pizzas and got uh, 16 little chairs and they've got the whole thing laid out on a pizza patio yeah what scale is that does that work with you know your common <laughs> common dollhouse or you know barbie place I, I imagine that there is some sort of doll or action figure or something out there for which that would be an appropriate scale and they just have to find it so and then put the little people in the little chairs on the pizza because <laughs> it well, it's not nearly as funny unless we get to see the little tri-pronged table yeah. on the pizza yeah but so, then you need sure. but then you need a tiny little scale pizza to put on the table for those people to be to be eating oh absolutely yeah or just or just a single piece of pepperoni yeah that looks like a pizza and then on that tiny little pizza there's going to be an extremely tiny little plastic white thing that looks like a table and then you could put some tiny <laughs> tiny tiny little chairs and then it could just keep going and going and going and going and going. sure it's one of those repeating yeah <laughs> like forever pictures yeah. where it's like somebody's painting a picture of themselves painting a picture of themselves painting a picture of themselves painting a picture or the the, the one of 80s david hasselhoff that zooms in on his crotch <laughs> oh yeah and just keeps going over and over again yeah that's that's great i love it when i get rickrolled on one of those <laughs> Oh, it's Hassel Crotch. That's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Finally, finally, we got our little chairs to go with the little table. Yay. What else is news? Well, we've got uh, we've got this Wuhan virus. I'm calling it that because China doesn't want us to call it that. So that's what I'm calling it because they started <laughs> sure. it all. The coronavirus Fair. or so the Wuhan virus. So um, now the big thing is, you know, you're supposed to, what's that? 
just to piss off China. Yeah, because they suck. Um, their, their government and um, <laughs> not the people. The people are fine. They they have no choice. Um, so you know, you wash your hands with soap and warm water and scrub real good for twenty seconds. We, we've all heard that. Um, you know, don't don't go to um, Milan or <laughs> or, or China <laughs> or Iran. I guess. Yeah. Um, um, just a quick note. Uh, don't don't that take a cruise. I, <laughs> right. Quick note, something that I noticed popped up on my feed. Um, for those of you who are unsure how long 20 seconds is, geek, geek, geek crew out there, if you say it at the right speed, mm-hmm. the, I know what this the, is. the vocal intro to Star Trek is oh. about 20 seconds. Oh, that's like, not the one I thought you were going to say. Space, the final frontier. That whole thing, if you say like, it with speed up, say it at the, at the speed it is on the show, yeah. that's about 20 seconds. The the one I saw was the litany against fear from Dune. <laughs> well, if you're if you're a Dune nut, because there's yeah, there's a Dune RPG coming soon. So and a Dune, another Dune that. movie. Yeah, and yeah, I've, I've been seeing uh, a lot of Dune Dune news Dune Dune news. That's hard to say. Anyway, well, back to uh, yeah. So this thing is the the new thing now is don't touch your face in, yeah, ca- in case impossible. in case you get the Wuhan virus on your fingers and your hands yeah. and you don't wash them. Um, yeah, it is. It is really hard to do because it's incredibly uh, difficult. Yeah, um, they say this article says that uh, you know people in the media and politicians are tr- are actually get training on how to not to touch their face. And they, they apparently the pe- person who wrote this article did not get that training because <laughs> their suggestions weren't as good. But uh, it's it, it says uh, all it takes is just one virus to hitch a ride on a contaminated finger and slip into the body through a nostril or a wet part of the face. Then the virus can latch on, finding a human cell in the throat, nose, or sinuses to hijack and destroy it, flooding the body with even more copies of itself. In critical illnesses, that one careless touch from an unwashed finger can begin a process of destroying lungs and kidneys and, in a, a worst-case scenario, trigger septic shock, multiple organ failure, and make it impossible to breathe on your own. So, kids, remember, stop fingering yourselves. Okay. But, and we've, we've all seen the video, too, of the person, I don't remember who it was specifically, it was a woman who was telling us to not touch our face and then seconds later touched her face. Yeah. The, the yeah. one that was licking her fingers to turn the page yeah, on the yeah, yeah, she yeah. was reading from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that's the thing. It's like, the, like I, I looked it up. There was a study done where... Um, where people touch their faces on average 23 times an hour mm-hmm. when you're it, awake. Yeah. There's so many it, like it's ingrained behaviors. So yeah. It's, and it's, you don't even think about it. You just do it. You have a little itch, you touch it. Yep. Well, they have some suggestions and, and again, these sound like not the, not the ones that they give to the, the people who are on TV a lot. So, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, it says that uh, if you have an itch on your face, you should wash your hands then scratch the itch and then wash your hands again. Okay. Also, <laughs> you you can also, go Also, don't get a lot of itches. You can go out and buy sterile wooden tongue depressors to use as a tool to scratch your itches. Sure. <laughs> Perhaps consider wearing gloves. <laughs> Cuz yeah. that won't freak people out around you walking around wearing those blue nitrile gloves, gloves all the time. <laughs> Well, somebody I saw online was making the argument, oh, my God, and please don't do this. Um, if you're healthy, don't don't wear a surgical mask, a breathing mask. Um, that doesn't help you with anything. It just keeps those masks out of the hands mm-hmm. of people who need them. Um, but they made, somebody was making an argument online about, like, you know, well, if you wear one of those on your face, it makes you aware that you're 
you're not used to it. So you're aware that it's there. So when you go to touch your face, you're thinking about the fact that you have a mask on and why you have the mask on and therefore you won't touch your face. Yeah. And the argument. And I was like, that's fine. Use that argument, but don't use that kind of a mask. Leave that mask for people who are sick and need it. Um, where like, you know, where like we should all start wearing like Halloween masks and masquerade masks and, you know, just fake no like Groucho glasses. Um, just whatever, you know, something that's on your face that's not normally there, so that when you go to touch your face, you're like, Oh yeah, that's right. I'm wearing a pussycat face. <laughs> um, and so I'm not gonna touch my face now. A nice uh fake mustache. Yeah. Like a something. really big one. Be careful with the fake mustaches or beards, because that could just induce more itching. <clears throat> True. Um, but yeah, like if you just like, I'll just wear my, uh, you know, the rubber band around the back, you know, <laughs> the little elastic band around the back of my head, yeah. $6 million mask that I wore <laughs> for like $6 million man. Yeah. $6 million mask. Yeah. $6 million man mask that I wore when I was like eight or whatever, when I went trick or treating <laughs> the plastic molded Steve Austin face, not that Steve Austin kids, a different Steve the Austin. Other Steve Austin. The, and the honestly, OG Steve Austin, yeah, as yeah. it were. And honestly, I am all for any excuse to have more Halloween throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. Masquerade stuff. You could like we could have a lot of Phantom of the Opera people walking around. That'd be great. That, that half mask, or the you know the 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 fancy ones that you wear just over your eyes. Yeah, at the, the fancy at, like with with like uh, feathers and stuff on at, them. At 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 those those parties, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, your eyes. <laughs> wide shut parties. Or, your you know, your sex, Illuminati those, gatherings, yeah. Those sex big Illuminati gatherings <laughs> and the sex parties that everybody wears masks yep. at. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, soap and water for twenty seconds. Uh, bleach based wipes, if you can find them anymore. They say wipe down your phone. Your phone's covered <laughs> with covered with stuff. We 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 you know we know about that. Uh, hand sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol. I suggest just just pouring alcohol over your face, but making sure that you, you know, funnel it into your mouth because you don't want to waste any. Mm, well, the problem is that 80 proof is not 60% alcohol. So you'd uh, have to you get to find 120 proof or better. Yep. And then you're good to go. Yep. So head head down to your local liquor store or package store, whatever they happen to call it in your neck of the woods. And stock up on Everclear. And stock up on <laughs> on some high test stuff of your favorite variety. This has been your public service announcement. Also stop sticking your fingers in wet places. Whoa! On your face. Uh, on your face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just like just just take care of yourself. You know? Like just do what do what you would do if you were worried about catching the flu. Wash up and you know. Oh, that won't work. Don't, that won't work for me. Don't because... kiss. Don't kiss anybody any more than you have to. <laughs> or not at all. If you. <laughs> hey, I, if there's anybody uh, 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 out there that's kind of set in in pretty good shape to deal with uh, an illness like this or just any cold or flu. Um, it's me because, uh, you know, I go to work and I don't really interact with any more people than I absolutely That's have right. to. You don't even there. go grocery shopping anymore. And, uh, and then I come home and I don't go anywhere and I don't do anything and I don't see anyone. Um, and, and I can do most everything in my life without leaving my apartment. Yeah. Can you have those in Instacart deliveries? Can they, can you have them just leave it outside your door? Absolutely. Awesome. There, in fact, there are Instacart deliveries who will do that without you asking for it. 
<laughs> because that has happened to me once too, where a person was, I don't know, in a rush or I don't know, maybe You're was like, just like had social anxiety and didn't want to talk to a stranger. Where the hell is my delivery? 30 how, minutes well, they, later, and, no, you open no. the door and it's there. You're no, like, it's simple. It's the simple. ice no, cream's because, melting out the bottom of the bag. And... No, when it gets delivered, you get a <laughs> notification that it's been delivered. You get a notification on your, on your, uh, on your phone, on your, in your email when it's been delivered. So when, when the person, Doesn't the driver have to, to initiate that though. Well, I mean, they if they're in a, in or, they if, have to in order to take another order. If they're in a big hurry, maybe they forget. I have never once, I, and I've ordered, and I've been doing this for like a year. I have never once had a had, had the delivery person not immediately hit that the order was done. Sure. So um, I'm I'm fine, and also I don't buy ice cream, so not that's not the issue. I'm not going to be melting ice cream, and and you know. Yeah, so if I wanted to, if like if I was really going to quarantine myself, I could be like, yeah, just just leave it at the door. You can do that. You can you can request it. So, anywho, is that we got anything interesting? I'm out of news. I'm all out. Okay. Oh, Amazing Stories is coming back too. Speaking of nostalgia, they're going to do a, a few new episodes of Amazing Stories and test that to see if they want to try to revive they... that anthology series. Didn't they do that already? They did it once. Oh, okay. Uh, a decade plus ago, something. Really, like that, but. Yeah, they're gonna do it again. I'm because I, I swear I just saw that, but I uh, I, I assumed that it was referring to the. Um, okay, never mind. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought they yeah I think I think they de- I think they <clears throat> tried redoing it once like a while back. Um, but it's uh, I believe they're they're yeah they're coming after it again. No harm in testing the waters. Yeah. I mean, they, I think well, I think Twilight Zone did okay. Um on cbs all access so they're they're figuring well hey let like you know and and black mirror does well and you know like the anthology series is kind of it's doing okay there's there's good examples of it so i think in amazing stories if they can make sure that these stories are in fact amazing um and yeah. fun to watch then uh yeah why, why can't they do i'd like i think i i love anthology series when they're really well done they're great i enjoy yeah, i enjoyed the original time. yeah yeah part What's of your- me Part of me would love to see Outer Limits come back because I loved the uh, the late '90s uh, revival of that. Oh sure. What's your favorite? Do you, do you recall a specific episode? Your favorite episode of Amazing Stories? I've got mine. Uh, I I don't think I ever really watched that one all that much. Yeah, I have one. Okay, Mike, go ahead. Uh, I'm looking it up. You tell me yours. <laughs> okay, mine. I don't remember what it was called. Mine's the one where it's um, the story is all about. It takes place almost entirely on board a World War II bomber jet. Oh, that's bomb, mine. Bomber plane. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's a favorite of a lot of people. Yeah, with, where, where the, the the guy that the bubble had to, gun had on the bottom it. of the plane gets trapped inside the bubble gun. He and can't he had, get yeah. out. Like they can't open it. It's called the mission. That's the yes, name of the episode. That's the one. That's that's. Uh, maybe that might be the quintessential episode it's i think it was well received everybody a lot of people love that one and he gets okay spoilers everybody spoilers for a show that's like 35 years old um he's trapped in the bubble gun and then it the, the episode is mostly um just kind of trying to figure out how to get him out and it's starting to get more and more dire because the plane's running out of fuel and they're going to have to land and when they land oh and the and the landing gear's aft. yeah the landing they gear's gone they can't put the landing gear down so what's going to happen is they're going to land on this gunner and um, crush and, him. and it's it's high drama and there's a lot of like what are we going to do what are we going to do but the, the guy is also kind of like an amateur cartoonist and he like he's drawn all sorts of stuff um and like all the guys uh you know really love him and like they're all camaraderie and you rah rah 
Um, and as the plane is coming in and it absolutely has to land, he's drawing a, uh, a cartoon of the plane with him trapped in the bubble gun um, and these great big cartoon wheels um, that come down as he's landing and everything. And then the plane, as it lands, giant cartoon wheels, he wills them into existence and giant cartoon wheels come down and the plane lands on them and they, they, they cut him out like they cut, you know, torch, cut him out with a welding torch. Um, and they get him, get everybody away from the plane. And then the, he's, I, they're I all kind of standing there just like marveling. At... Well, they're all marveling and he's unconscious. Oh, is that what wakes, it was? When he wakes up, the cartoon wheels disappear and the whole plane goes. Kabam! Wow. The cast on this, Kevin yeah, Costner, Casey Shamashko, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Um, who else is in here? Anthony LaPaglia. Is Casey Shamashko, Shamashko, I don't know how you're supposed to say his name. Is we'll he the, uh, is he the, uh, the guy in the bubble? I don't recall what the names of all the, I don't even, re... I remember Kevin Costner is the pilot. The captain, yeah. The captain. He's like, he's the oldest of the characters. He's, yeah. I don't remember who's in the bubble. We'd have to, you'd have to look that up. Um, Interesting, Casey Shamasco, however you say his name, and then uh, and J.J. Cohen, and this is in 1985. Amazing stories. Those two are two of uh, they're along with Billy Zane. They are two of uh, Biff's sidekicks in Back to the Future. <laughs> Biff's gang. That's half of Biff's gang is in this movie. Or this, this show. <laughs> and they're much better people. Yeah, <laughs> right. They're not. They're not turds that hang around with Biff Bannon. They're good. They're good people trying to get their buddy, trying to save their buddy. Oh man. I don't recall. I'm trying to figure it up. Yeah. Kate, uh, yeah. Casey, Casey's see a masks. Casey's Shimasco. If that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. He's the bubble gunner, belly gunner. Anyway. Hey, Josh. Yeah. What did you do recently that you've never, ever, ever done before? I ran an RPG session. You baby's, were a GM. Baby's <laughs> first DM experience. <laughs> so how did Baby do? Uh, overall, I think it came out pretty well. It was, it was one of those things like I, I've played with this group a while, not as long as I've played with the one I, I met you at, but like, it, it, it's been a couple of years at this point. And so like, I went in knowing like these people love the narrative stuff. And so like, first, first there was a lot of like me probably spending too much time just figuring out what to run just period. Um, so like the one I kept circling back to was um, monster of the week, which is uh, uses the powered by the apocalypse system, which is like, very good for narrative type games but then i was having a hard time because like i needed to confine this to one session and that would have been hard to do because like a bunch of us were running one shots while like the main campaign was on a brief hiatus uh and so what i ended ended up fixating on is like i found a sci-fi uh kind of a sci-fi conversion for 5e called Esper Genesis, where it, it, it's very much a lot of it's just reskinning of the magic stuff as, you know, psychic powers. 
Uh, the one thing they drastically deviated on that I actually kind of dig is their warlock equivalent rather than having, you know, power slots, uh, got a pool of points that similar to the 5e warlock was the equivalent of like casting like two things at the highest level you can cast at. But you had the flexibility for stuff that didn't scale or from when you didn't need full level, like you could, you had the flexibility to cast at a lower level without burning all, you know, half your points. Sure. Which I thought was really neat. Uh, but, but they also, the people who make Esper Genesis have put together like a series of freely available, like, one in particular was an intro adventure for for learning the system and the way it was structured it was the kind of thing like it could have been spread out on multiple sessions if i'd had the time or there were places where it was easy to cut things out if things started running long so you know kind of sent the information out to people so they can make their characters uh and then when i got to the running of it a lot of getting that done in one session was going to hinge upon like people accepting help from a helpful group of NPCs. And one player in particular took a lot of convincing to accept the, <laughs> the, the helpful NPCs help. <laughs> like kept trying to like manufacture reasons to not trust the person. And like, at some point, I was just kind of like, as the character was like, okay, what do I need to do to earn your trust on this? So you learned an important GMing lesson. There's always one. There's yeah. always one. There's always, there's, and, 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 and this is not a bad thing. It's like, there's always going to be a, a, a wrench thrown in the works at some point. So, oh, you, for sure. Yeah. Yep. If I had kept playing in, in your game, Craig, I would have become that person. Uh, Mike, you were that person before you left. No, I wasn't. I was always trying to be, <laughs> trying to go along with things. <laughs> Mike would have just gotten bored with it and been like, all right, how can I mess with Craig today? <laughs> but no, it was interesting because I was like, that whole moment, I was kind of like, if I can't convince this this player to to accept this NPC's help, like, how else can I keep this on track to finish in one night? Uh, has, like, so, so the general setup is like, it starts with you imprisoned on this like warship for like a big imperial species uh, that, that, that kind of really expansionist and all that. And like, the helpful NPC is actually the former captain of the ship who has been thrown in the prison uh, with the player characters. And so it's a lot of like, to a degree, I can understand why one of the players in particular was so mistrustful, but it, it was one of those things like kind of need you to accept the information they have to offer because otherwise I will not be able to finish this. And, you know, I think it was like five hours was how long the session ended up being. Got to massage them into place. Little bit. What would it take? What do I have to offer you? <laughs> what would it take yeah. for you to believe this guy? Well, one thing that kind of helped was one of the players had not just work and other commitments and all that had not had time to to build their character. And so, for, so like my solution to that was like, 
okay, uh, they can take control of one of this group of helpful NPCs, you know, once I convince the players to accept their help. Uh, so, like, when I made it clear is when I was introducing one of the characters, and I was like, and I'm going to throw it to them to describe this character. And, like, I think that kind of helped move things along finally. Sure. Cool. So you, uh, it was, it sounded like it was generally successful. Generally, yeah. Like, I definitely, one thing I had to change on the fly that I kind has, given that this was 5e based, I found it interesting that, like, a lot of the powers is, like, 5e is very good at, like, if a caster burns a slot to cast a thing, you at, if it's a saving throw, you at least get half damage out of it. Yeah, you get something. Yeah, whereas uh, Esper Genesis, a lot of the powers, and this seems to be more a conscious, I don't know if it was a conscious choice they made with the low-level abilities or what, it was, even with saving throws, you could throw out the slot and get nothing. Uh, So kind of on the fly, I was like, you know what, you get half and just not the secondary effect. I was like that that was an easy thing to do and that that was another reason I had settled on it it was based on 5e whereas like even though that that's for for doing something very narrative driven since I knew that's what the group would like 5e is something I'm very comfortable with the mechanics of enough to be able to change things on the fly if I need to I'm not yeah I'm not I I'm I'm familiar with yeah, familiar with the game, but I've not played it. I don't think I've read anything about it. I mean, read any of the book either. I probably own it. I, I have so many stinking PDFs. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know as for Genesis, like, like it was a, a kickstarted thing. Yeah, yeah. It like it, it only got released publicly. Like it, it was probably while I was looking for what I wanted to run. Like, like I think it had been a pretty recent release when I found it. Recent, sure. Cool. Gonna do it again. are you hooked what i i would be interested i do think like i couldn't do anything like ongoing until because right now with that group we have two ongoing things right now uh definitely not until one of those is over but i i kind of like to circle back because i just started uh, a game with a different group using the monster of the week uh uh books and I'd kind of like to take a run at that if there there's ever an opportunity, because I do very much enjoy it. Do it, do it. Come on, Josh, when, do it, do it when 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 you when you get the chance to. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like I said, it's going to be dependent on. I know, like when the main campaign we were playing went on hiatus, it was kind of at. Uh, According to the person running it, it was kind of the halfway point in the adventure. And then the the other thing we started playing as an ongoing was actually one of the uh was one of the one shots that the person who ran it got very excited about as it, it was all spooky themed and I think everyone got really on board with that. Cool. Mike, have you ever have you ever GM'd anything even like in the earlier days before we really could? I don't think you ever GM'd anything when, when we've gamed. No, I just played since your I've games. known you. Yeah, but you never GM'd any. You never, okay. Well, back in, in, I in played, your, you, 
Yeah, well, in, before in your younger days, before you convinced me to join your game when you moved here, um, I hadn't <laughs> played since high school, and a uh, group of group of friends I fell in with, um, half of which were jerks and dicks, devil worshippers. Right? No, they were just assholes. Um, well, there you played D and D, so it had to be devil worshipping <laughs> in the eighties, right? That's what. That's what. Um, yeah, that's what pastor told our parents at church. um no so you know i played with them for maybe six months or something and then enough that i you know figured out how to play the game and i knew what i was doing and i thought i came up with this idea this idea that i thought was really cool for an adventure that i would dm and uh and i told them about it and they all said that kind of sucks we're not gonna let you do that and that and that was the end of my GMing yeah. experience. What a what a great group of players. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know how? And Mike, you're not really, you know, in 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 there in the trenches with this, but Josh and I see plenty of it too. The, uh, you know, trying to weed out the jackasses in the RPG community. Yeah, there, there yeah, you go. Yeah, little bit. Yeah, there's there's an example. No, that's uh, that sucks. We don't want to do that. You, we're not gonna let you. Oh, fuck you, <laughs> gatekeeping ass. Give, give, yeah, the, give somebody a shot. Give them a shot. Yeah, the one thing I definitely need to learn before I try to run anything else, like especially if it's something like Monster of the Week, is like I am good at planning and planning for multiple contingencies. I am not like if something unexpected happens, I'm not always good at thinking on my feet. So like I definitely need to plan more than I did for that session. Sure, and that'll that'll come with experience too. Oh, for sure. You GM more, you get more comfortable with improvising, especially if you got the right group of players that throws a monkey wrench in there every time. Well, and given has the the player in question was my my current roommate, who given what we had talked about going into the session, it actually made complete sense that this character would would mistrust the helpful NPC. But at some point I had to figure out, it's like, this is going to take forever. If I can't, can't convince them to roll with it. Like need to figure that out. Unfortunately, I was able to come up with something, but, but it, for a minute there, I was like, this is not going to get done tonight. <laughs> there are players who, who get it in their head that their character, how their character would react to something sometimes. And they can be a little tough to, a nudge um we've got we've got a running joke um back in the day with our games too where and we kind of gave uh y- you all know andy right guest of, guest regular guest andy um npr voice andy andy would like to and he i think he he did this to to irritate us to, to to irk us at the table and we'd always have to try to slap him around for it but he would uh he like the the, the gm would in- introduce the adventure hook like here's the thing that's happening and he would say, why would my character want to get involved in that? That sounds like that, like that, that sounds like they would get, it's dangerous or that like they would be putting themselves at risk. And I'm like, Andy, your character's an adventurer. This is what they do. This is like they, <laughs> their, their job is to get in other people's business. <laughs> I, 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 w- I will say as someone still playing with Andy on the regular, <laughs> that has not fully gone away. No, no, because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he would he would give it a he would he was also really good um 
to a- asking for names for like a, just a throwaway NPC, like a character that gets introduced. The character, you know, the, the GM introduces this character that you're going to talk to for five seconds, and then we're going to toss him away. And and you'd be like, "What's his name? What does he look like?" Like force you to give all this information, like improvise this whole person, and it's just supposed to be like an exposition character that comes in and tells you the cave is over there. That's all that they need to do. And, and actually, the uh, the person running the Monster of the Week game I just started in, it also recently, I say recently, it's been a few months now, joined, a, a friend of mine joined that game uh, with Andy. And I think because of that and the Monster of the Week game had like a name generator like running <laughs> at all times on, Click, on bam. computer. Yeah. So, and he says, well, what's what's their name? And you like immediately you've got a name. And he's like, oh, well, that took all the fun out of it. What Ray, st- Ray has started doing the same thing. Like yeah, he well, has names ready uh, for everything because <laughs> he's going to ask. <laughs> well, they've known each other forever. So that's not surprising. Yeah. Andy likes to he instigates at the table a little. He's the thoughtful adventurer. He is like. Why would my character? That just sounds like like it, I'm gonna. It's gonna be dangerous, and my character is like like has no motivation. Like, who? Why do I care about these people? And, and then he accidentally sets a random house on fire with the sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> very, very thoughtful in that respect. Yeah, it's D and D. Like your profession is adventurer. That's a profession in D and D. I can't even. What was my first GMing? first i think the first thing i ever gm was a D game and it involved the characters at it like a the ruins of a cathedral of an old church i don't remember what the story was but they were at an old church because i remember drawing it with alcoves and all this crap too like i was i was in architecture school at the time i was in college so i yeah. I, I drew a church church you know like it it had church parts <laughs> all, <laughs> you know, the, all the correct and, church parts it had, yeah it had, it had a nave and a rectory and you know <laughs> colonnade and had all that stuff was it gothic did it have flying buttresses it was cruciform (laughs) (laughs) it was a cruciform church yeah that was my first gming and then i also gm'd some uh shadowrun oh my god old shadowrun second edition i think it was shadowrun so many dice I, I, I have heard things about that system. Old yeah. Shadowrun. Yeah, there's some problems there, man. That That is a dense pile of rules in that game. And to be honest, the, the newer versions of Shadowrun are a little better, but I've I've seen the, the most recent one, and it's like, eh, it's not that. It's still pretty. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> there's a, a pretty robust rule set compared to a lot of what's out there. Yeah. Shadowrun's a lot like 2E in that I've only experienced it through computer games based on the system. Yeah, sure. Mike, you ever you only ever played D and D before joining my stuff, right? You never played any other games, as far as RPGs, correct? Just yes. Dungeons and yeah. Dragons, and then and then the stuff that you played with in my game, and then yeah, which was all, which was all D and D based. I mean, I think you dropped out of well, the game before we tried anything else. Well, no, and since then I have played in the sense of play testing. Oh, that's true. Multiple non D and D RPGs, all true. of which have been authored by one person. <laughs> who was that i don't who know <laughs> yeah it's a real mystery some guy oh. pretends to be scottish i think i don't know yeah <laughs> son of a bitch um oh, that, oh yeah oh that for guy the rec- for the record there's guy. gonna be a kickstarter coming hey 
on Tuesday, uh, March 24th. It should launch that morning. So um, for Capers uh, Off World. Two two weeks from yesterday as you're listening to this? Did I do uh, yeah, that sounds, math right? Sounds, or is it three weeks? Right. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Okay. 24th. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. And that'll run for a month. Um, and that's the science fiction version of Capers where they're in like uh, Flash Gordon slash Buck Rogers style 20s, 30s pulp rocket ships. Nice. So it's like, it's like old school rocket ships and flying saucers and jet packs and things like that. Lots of phallic shapes. Uh, some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want Andy to buy it or not? Yes, Mike. Lots of phallic shapes. <laughs> All the rockets look like <laughs> Um Mostly misshapen. Yeah. They got fire coming out of the back end. What? Oh man. <laughs> well that that bad. just that that's appeals bad. to me. Now I'm buying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um yeah, that's happening. Selling one copy at a time. <laughs> which means which means for those people who backed the uh the Kickstarter for the fancy the fancy hardcover, that's uh that's very, very close to being in your hands. Very close. I have uh like as you're listening to this, it's it's in, it's entirely possible that something has shipped somewhere. I uh, we're recording beforehand, so I I can't say specifically. But there, by the time you hear this, maybe something is shipped. Are we going to talk about that after it ships, and we all have yeah, it we'll in talk hand? About it once it's like in the once it's like out in the world yeah. and, and making its way to people. We'll we'll okay, good because we'll I have, I have questions. You, <laughs> what do you have questions about? Well, just technical printing questions and oh oh, other, oh other, and I can I can answer those for you at least for Justin's. I know how Justin's prints things. I asked. A lot of questions. Was was it like was it like me when I when I was coming to work, uh, work at your your place where you work? Like that many kinda, questions? Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Wow. So you must have, the they must have been really annoyed by you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, my rep has said, and I've I've apologized a couple of times for the sheer volume of questions, and and my rep was has been very nice. Has been like, hey, this is part of my job. This is I got to make sure you know what's going on. I want you to be satisfied that you're getting what you're expecting and you know you understand how it's all happening and so now and i've asked all these questions this time and i've written all this stuff down well yeah and so, so next you don't time, have to be like oh yeah yeah okay let's do this and this and this and then you know it'll be like boom boom. it's boom. all just follow-up questions and stuff that's very specific specifically tuned to whatever the next thing is yep so yeah we're good that's rolling along anywho um got anything else we want to talk about anything? we have a question we do have a kevin question mm. We have a question from Mr. Question. That's right. Mr. Kevin Question or Mrs. Question, pretending to be Kevin. Could be. We don't we'll know. never know. No, nope, never <laughs> will. Could be, could be Mrs. Question the whole time. Yep. Well, not, not those times when it was actually Kevin on the show as the guest and we that, saw that, him on the video. That's, that's true. That would have been, if that was Mrs. Question... My hat's off to you. Quite, quite the disguise job. Yes. Yeah. Um, are we ready? Sure. 139 question. I am at the age where you start to realize that you will never do certain things again. Oh, yeah. What is something that you recently realized you will never do again? I recently realized I will never use a Bunsen burner again. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. That's well, I could, and I was specific. wondering where the question was going. Is it was like... Did I just do something just recently and then decide, okay, I'm never doing that again? Or like, is it like what he said where he's like, he hasn't used a Bunsen burner in 20 years, I'm sure. 
And so it just it, it occurred to him that that's yeah, that's just right. not in the cards. It's never so gonna it's, happen. So we're we're um we're narrowing the focus here for the answers to not things you don't want to do, but just things you will not have the opportunity to do for whatever reason. Sure. Not well, because you don't want to do them. Right. Yeah. Well, Bunsen burner is one of them. Certainly. I'm just trying to think about like, you know, what are the things I'll probably never play the trombone again. I haven't done that in forever. Yeah. Do you even ha- own a trombone? No. Did you ever? Oh yeah. Yeah. I it played got, trombone all through high school. Right. But it got like sold back or something after. Uh, well, I think how did it, it go? went did to it, Kurt? Did it? Well, no, oh, let me think. It might have been, Kurt might have had it for a little while, but he he got a better trombone eventually too. So I think he might have had it for a little while. And I think we might have given it to the school to use as a loner. He didn't trade it in to get to get the, no, the nicer one, crap the, new, the newer model. Here's your six bucks for this trombone. Is that how much no. a trombone costs? No. Or back then as a, anyway? Well, as a trade Back in my day, you could get a trombone for... <laughs> well, as soon as you, you know, as soon as you drive the trombone 48 the bits. Lot, as soon as you drive the trombone off the lot, you got to knock like 10% off its, co- uh, off its value. Um, did no. you hear that? I did math. I did math on the show and I did it right. No, I think what happened was it got, I think it might've got donated to the school. Yeah. To my high school because they, Mr. Ranky, the, t- the band teacher would keep an extra of like every instrument so that if somebody had to send their instrument to get repaired, they could borrow sure. one from the school. Here's one full of a former student's saliva. <laughs> I blew it out. <laughs> yeah, you can never really get it all out. Though. Yeah, I'll never play the trombone again. Mr. Ranky, that's such a Wisconsin last name. <laughs> Specifically of a teacher in sure. in in school. What else? What 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 will you never do again, you two? I'm blanking. <laughs> because I don't have the opportunity I, I have tons of things that I can think of that I will never do again, simply because I don't want to. Uh. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know, Josh. Like part of my brain keeps thinking of it in terms of like food, as like as someone who loves spicy food, oh, I, I I I would love to be able to eat spicy food without uh, inevitable <laughs> discomfort down the line. <laughs> Repercussions. Yeah. Like, I still do it, but I would love to be able to, like, I used to, like, not be bothered at all, but, like, now, now, now there are repercussions I would very much like to go back to not dealing with. I would say that that might be there for me, like, really spicy, like, really spicy stuff. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to do that again. Something with a little kick to it, that's fine, but, like, something really spicy, which I have, you know, I've had that stuff in the past. Not anymore. No, no, like, hey, you want chemical burns on your lips and tongue? Try this. Lips and tongue is the least of your worries. <laughs> Whereas I, I'm sure if it'll... you're only burning your tongue, you're having a yeah. good day. <clears throat> yeah, no, and I'm sure I'll get there like in time. But like, even knowing the consequences, like I still get Thai spicy when I get food from the nearby Thai place, like knowing full well that I'm going to regret it. <laughs> It's it just tastes that good though. I'm just yeah, yeah. To, I'm trying to think of something that Mike will never do again. Play D and D. Challenge accepted. <laughs> well, the deal was. Mike, I may never DM. Mike, will D&D. you come play my game until I get enough yeah. people find enough people locally? Because I'm new here. I just moved here. Yeah. Okay, Craig, I'll help you out. 
And then one day I showed up and there were like eight other people in the room. And I'm like, well, I guess I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> also, moving moving from your apartment complex to where it was a, you know, 90 second walk over to your apartment to a 20 minute drive kind of helped. Yeah, I'd say. I might never DM D&D again. <laughs> I can't say for sure. Wow. Then I'm definitely not playing it. <laughs> no, I could, I could get you. Like, yeah. No, I just like if if I keep designing stuff, like D and D's just not, not on D &D. my radar right now anymore. It's just not something I'm interested in playing or yeah. or dealing right now. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe that that might change though. I can't say definitively. It is interesting that this has nothing to do with anything I thought I wouldn't do, but um, I did use the phrase Bunsen burner in conversation yesterday without having read this question. <laughs> so you never know kevin <laughs> you never know <laughs> the world's a weird place sometimes it's i'll never do a science experiment again. screws fall out all the time yeah. yeah i'll never do a science experiment again no you do you do a science experiment every time you you cook something from scratch now nah, you know what i mean like you mean that's like the, that's, I just extrapolated from the Bunsen burner thing. We're talking like you know chemicals in a in a in a beaker or flask or something like that. I'll, or, or like trying something out where you don't know the outcome. Oh, I'll never make I'll never make something out of paper mache. Yep, never do that again. I'm just thinking of stuff that I did. You know, up now to the now age we're just 18, yeah re regressing to childhood activities. Looking back to those things, like I'll oh, never yeah. use crayons again. Well, and I don't have kids. Crayons. So Right, that's the that's the point. That's the point there too is that I don't have kids, so like, I and if am I going to make paper paper mache something with my niece? Probably not. You know, that's that's a mom and dad kind of thing. I'm not making paper mache. I'll go over there and we'll do fun stuff. I'm not fiddling around with messy paper mache with her. Right. Plus, she's approaching the age where she's not even. Gonna yeah, she's out of the paper anymore. mache stage pretty pretty soon here. I think I don't I don't know that she's ever done paper mache stuff, but she's uh she, she's unlikely to uh to do that now at her age um um i just had the thought i'll probably like i use stationary bikes as exercise but i'll probably never ride that's, a bike on the street again that's a good yeah. one yep yeah that's probably me too yeah i have no interest in a bike i got a car <laughs> and i live in a city where uh, a bike <laughs> yeah okay good luck yeah they try to make it a little more bike friendly down here, but there's mm -hmm. a couple of stretches that I would not want to chance it. There's a street that runs, there's a main street, major street that runs right near where I work. I drive on this street every single day going and uh, going to and from work. And they uh, messed up the, the, they screwed around with the lane markings a while back in order to put a bike lane on one side of the street. And I have to yet see a bike in the bike lane. Yeah, and it's been years. Yeah, I know exactly which road you're talking about, and um, because nobody rides bikes in Atlanta. Yeah, now they're now Not there are streets. these fans. They go, they, they go on trails. People go on trail stuff. You know. Yeah, we've got like the the Beltway. Yeah, you know that you can. I think there's a bike lane. There's bike lanes. I'll never on that jump kind of on stuff. a pogo stick again. No, I know what road you're talking about. They put bike yeah. lanes on both sides and took took away a car lane, and yep. now it that that road is full of cars just sitting there waiting. A giant it's, pain in the ass it's, now. Yep. It's a cluster now <laughs> for traffic, and there are no bikes in the bike lanes. I won't go that way anymore. That was my that was like my backup route for if I couldn't get on the interstate. <laughs> now I just suffer waiting to get on the interstate because I know it's it's better than trying to use that road anymore. 
I understand. I don't have a choice. Get off the roads. All of, all of the, all Unless of you're going to drive the speed limit and obey all the traffic rules, which you never do, get the hell off the roads. All three of the possible exit roads from where I work have to go to that road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, there's no way to go any other. You just, then, you just end up on a different spot on that road. No way any, to avoid it. Nope, there isn't. Anyway, uh, any anything? Uh, who, who's got another one? Anything you're gonna never gonna do again? I I may never play a DVD in a DVD player again. Oh, same. That's pretty likely. I haven't done it for five years. I did that last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I've got all these DVDs sitting here now. I'm like, oh, there's all, look at all that, all those great movies with all those great director commentaries that I'm never going to watch again. Well, I bought, I bought a new one. Um, not thinking it would be available on iTunes. And then while I was watching the DVD, I thought, hmm, let me look on my phone. And sure enough, it was there on iTunes in HD. And it was like nine ninety nine. So I bought it, ejected the DVD, and then flipped over to the Apple TV and watched it on that. <laughs> but I did watch part of a DVD. Well, I was about to say... Good for you. Te- <laughs> technically, I still own discs, but, like, my workaround is I've always, like, for years used game consoles to play them in. Like, I haven't had a dedicated player in decades. I have a Sony Blu-ray player that we bought, I don't know how many years, not too long after we got the high-def flat screen, which was 10 years ago. And that was um, because it came with apps for streaming. So that's how we were watching Netflix and Amazon Prime back in the day before we got Apple TV. <laughs> but I just um, recently discovered that uh, something in my iTunes library in my, my videos just flat disappeared. Like Apple lost the rights to whoever, you know, whatever production house owns the rights for that video. And it just disappeared. And I was like, where is it? Because I went to watch it again. And I'm like, where is it? Why can't I find it? And I end up Googling. I wasted all this time as like, you know, my afternoon off where I was trying to relax. And I ended up working myself into a lather, you know, trying to figure out what the hell happened to my video. Where is it? Why is it gone? And then it turns out that, yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah, that that's. <laughs> and that's the answer. Like, there's nothing I can do. That happens sometimes. Say goodbye to your your $10. Yeah. That, that that's the reason I still buy certain things is like, I don't rewatch a ton, but like, if I have something like a recent example is knives out where I know I'm going to watch it over and over again, I buy it on disc to hedge against that. Yeah. I still, I still buy all my audio CDs when, when I can and, and Blu-ray like to get HD um, on video, but I've been more, willing lately to just pull the trigger on streaming video on, with iTunes cuz I know I'm never I'm never leaving the Apple ecosystem. On, <laughs> you know. That is something I will not do. <laughs> Ever again is leave the Apple ecosystem cuz I did leave it once before it really was an ecosystem back when it was just Apple <laughs> and Macintosh, okay. you know, in sure. the 90s. I like I like actual physical bicycles that you ride on the road that that's a good answer yeah never gonna do that again all right there you go there you go kevin no bikes no bunsen burners no bikes no bones <laughs> no bones about it of the trom style oh hey yeah Ooh, nice no bikes no burners no bones <laughs> 
No bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, really. <laughs> Josh, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Mike. Craig. Where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, nerdburgershow at gmail.com. And you can go to nerdburgergames.com to see the game stuff that I'm doing and go to drivethroughrpg.com to buy some games. On the next episode of Nerdburger, Craig gets trapped in the belly gun of the Nerdburger bomber. Uh-oh. Mike tries desperately to get him out before the plane will be forced to land on Craig, but Mike fails and Craig can't draw airplanes for crap <laughs> don't die. <laughs> Amazing. That was a story anyway. Yeah. It's not a good one. <laughs> I can draw buildings. All buildings, no airplanes. Yeah, that's not on the no list. The, uh, <laughs> no, there were, there, no buildings? Nope, nope. Still going to be buildings. Still got to oh. draw buildings. Yeah, still going to be buildings. Want to be able to pay the rent? Got to draw the buildings. Want to be able to buy food? Got to draw the buildings. <laughs> it's like the, <laughs> the Dunkin' Donuts guy. I'm the architecture guy. Got to draw the buildings. Time to draw the buildings. <laughs> Time to draw the buildings. Time to draw the buildings. <laughs> I come rolling into work. We're in my stupid little paper hat. <laughs> Time to draw the buildings. That's, anyway, that's one of uh, one of Allison's euphemisms for going to work. Like <laughs> that pause. <laughs> yeah, sure. time time to make the donuts. Like, gotta get up and go to work. Time to make the donuts. The other one is um, time to bring home the bacon. Gotta go. Gotta go bring home the bacon. Well, she the pan. brings home the bacon and fries it up in a pan. Yep. And then I eat it all because she's vegetarian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> <laughs>